0: If I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it.
1: Curling has to be the most difficult, eye hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bright man's of Harlan, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air and then hit it. But, I'd like to thank you the people of Wexford who stuck with us. The semi-finalists have emerged after an excellent weekend of Club Hurling in Wexford. Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Hurling Podcast as we are joined by David Redmond to discuss and preview this weekend's Pettit Senior Hurling semi-finals.
2: Do you know what's great though at the moment is that Wexford is getting some coverage for Club Hurling. I think down to county success. A few years ago you couldn't, you could barely get a Wexford game. That that T G Carter game was literally played was was done the other day because of Lee Chin. And Derek McGrath. I reckon now. Or else <laughs> logistically it's handier to get to Wexford. <laughs> was I, I reckon it was all
0: about chin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I suppose uh, it helped that um Wexford were the first on the first counties back and the Friday night match between Aulert and Martins was a, a good match to come back into too.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And now the whole Western Hurling Championship could be played off, you know, could be played off now in in, in a couple of weeks. The way it's looking. Hopefully now touch wood. Other championships could be stopped halfway, you don't know. It would be great, wouldn't it? To finish the championship, have a county champions, and it was and people would say that it was probably the great one of the best hurling championships in years and years.
1: But I suppose so, they're, they're such interested and like I've never watched as much of the Senior Championship ever.
2: You know, there's massive exposure sure huge exposure there and a lot of people out there would like to see the teams play but then they probably wouldn't you know head on the Belfield or head into wexford Park of a uh, normal year but they're all tuning in now because it's handy it's handy from the couch and um, streaming all the games has been a huge incentive Like it's been fast. It's a great time to be uh, a Hard on supporter I
0: Certainly
1: is yeah, we've been uh, getting around to a lot of the matches.
2: I'm uh, getting getting into a couple of the older games. All right, might might find might might find a, a an odd ticket here or there maybe for uh, some of the other games. But um, yeah, geez, it's been been class now, in a class. Uh, it's it's just coming so ticking fast. There's so many games and there's huge interest and just everyone's everyone's talking about it. Like you know, obviously yeah. the team the teams that are the teams that are still in it. Obviously, we're all, um, we're, we're, we're talking about it and um, everything's fantastic. But like, overall, can't ask for much better. Like, people are raving about it. The intensity of the, the, intensity of the, of, of the games has been, has been unbelievable.
1: And just the fact that it's such a tight championship too. Like, we don't have your Owler team running away with it like other years. Well, you're still there now, mind you. But <laughs> you're not as far ahead as everyone, the way it used to be.
2: Still there, still there, not going away. But uh, yeah, sure, all the teams are so even now. And even, sure, all, a lot of that stems from the, the, the amount of um, different clubs that are represented on the county team as well. And you know, the county team's doing well. Now the club championship is is going well. You know, that's all good. That's all good. And if you're David Fitzgerald, you're looking at this and you're saying, Jenny, there's there's a lot more hurdles in Wexford than, than I probably thought.
1: And it's great to see him that he is at a lot of the matches doing a bit of co commentary too
2: isn't it very interesting for all the supporters out there to actually get an idea um, of what way Davey thinks? Like, generally, you're probably only getting a, a five or ten minute snippet uh, before a game or after a game. But now you, you get to see his views on the game for a solid hour, really. See what yeah, it way, adds to it. Yeah, you can see what way he thinks and you can even see him judging. judging or hear him judging a lot of the current county players and expecting better. And um, I mean, also seems to um know a lot of the younger players um offhand as well, which is good. That means he's um keeping his ear to the ground and and um he knows what guys are coming.
1: Yeah, and isn't the great incentive for, for all those lads too, knowing that he's he's not only watching you but he's commenting on you too.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um I saw him I saw I saw him only briefly. He was uh, heading into the outlet game and um I presume like he, he can't he can't but be impressed by some of the lads on the outer team, I, pres- I presume like there's only one representative moment Sean Murphy and he's probably looking at one or two other guys saying, you know, they could put their hands up and I suppose if you look at them from the other side, I think he's probably a little bit disappointed with some of the St. but guys. He's uh, probably expecting more from those those lads and yeah, it's brilliant to see him there though. Brilliant to see him at the games and key Roster, I, I know, is a, attending a lot of games and JJ Doyle is doing a lot of co-commentary with, with GATV and Yes, brilliant.
1: Yeah, saying that about some of those Outlet lads, like, for me, the standout player was probably Kevin Sheridan and that, and it was interesting to hear Liam Dunn talking after the match about the fact that he actually brought Kevin Sheridan down to a game in uh, against Kerry one time to make his Wexford debut when he was when they were stuck for players or something. Would um, you see him as an option now? What?
2: Well, Kevin's already been in there. Um, Kevin played extremely well with, with the Outlet team of the year. Year we won Leinster and we played in a piercing, I think, down in yeah, yeah, down in Semple Stadium. And I think he was picking up um, Shane Dowling was it? Um, if I'm right. And I think he, he done a really good job on him. Like, so he's tons of hurling. Absolute tons of hurling. He's captain of the team as well. So that's obviously he's he's given a lot of leadership and his he's had to step up to the mark. Um, along with a lot of the other guys, they've had to step up to the mark and they've had to be leaders on the team and like those guys. Have, Kevin and, and those fellas, they actually have lots of experience. Played in county finals. They played in Leinster finals. They've played in a lot of big games. And yeah, you'd like from a from a club point of view, you'd like to see those guys push on now and try and play at the highest level possible. Because we had we had, we had, we, had, we had used to have a, a large amount of guys and representing Wexford, but uh, probably just yeah we're just down to Sean now and for every club, I suppose your aspiration should be to um, drive on and play for at the very top level.
0: Did you see that kind of performance coming from Mellor? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I saw it um, against St. Martins, like, before the game, you were probably thinking, oh God, here we go now, we're playing against the champions, like, you know, TG Catter, everyone's going to be looking at it. Um, We're going to be up against it. But in fairness, for the first half an hour, you could say they went at it. They went at it at a hundred, hundred percent, hundred miles an hour, and probably just were a bit open at the back, and they got caught in for five goals. Like, and that's it. Hard to come back from that. But the Clabon game was where you could really see it, playing with this massive pressure game, massive pressure on the opponent. Like, and just everything is just full belt, top gear. And they, they kept it going for the entire game. And they did, they, in, in that game, and especially the last game against the ants, they have sorted out that bit of space that was at the back. So, obviously, with Sean Murphy there, like he gives a lot of experience. And um, he's probably sitting at the deeper for no one more. doing a lot of noise the full back line the last day. But those guys have tons of experience. Tons of it. So, it's, it's not a naive, young,
0: outer team either. They do have a lot of experience. Hard to believe really after that first game against the Martins that they're gone and Owlert are still there with a chance to win this. That's the way it happens though, isn't it, really? As you actually saw that in Intercounty last year
2: with Kilkenny. Kilkenny, We beat Kilkenny in both Leinster finals, minor and senior. And didn't Kilkenny get, the, get to uh, the all Ireland final in both then after that?
1: That's the way it goes. I think. to look at the
2: draw, really, I think.
1: One thing that stood out to me from Owlert and i think from from the four winning teams was the intensity i mean the intensity in all the games was huge some of the games were easier on the eye than the others uh, i thought particularly the the glenn martins game was a great watch but the intensity in all of them was huge and had really showed that
2: yeah yeah it's it's some of the hits um physically maybe guys are probably in that sort of condition now where Lived that professional lifestyle now for the last number of months and they've got in some serious shape. Some of them, you know, some guys just were focusing on possibly building muscle, strength and conditioning, um, whatever. Like, but they got to live that lifestyle. And if you look at some of the teams now, they're in serious, Nick. And the games are coming ticking fast and their, their full focus is on the next game, the next game, the next game. It's not hurling football, hurling football, big break. Challenge games, whatever. It's just flat out. Um, it's a great championship. It's it's, it's a brilliant championship. You know, guys just want to play games. For years, the club club hurling in Wexford probably wasn't played at that intensity, and it showed then. When teams like ourselves and I went to Leinster then, and you were, you came across these teams that brought more, you weren't conditioned for it. You've probably got county players coming back from the Wexford set up that are driving that on in their own clubs as well. They know where you need to be, and you can generally see that influence in most teams.
1: Kind of thought in the first few matches in the first round, and maybe a bit in the second round, a lot of the county players stood out a lot more. Like I think Mogi and D were excellent for the Anns in their first game. Chin against Farns, just he looked like he was playing at another level. Nearly Jack O'Connor against Owlert as well had a super game, but it's kind of their impact is a little bit less significant now as the Championship has gone on. Do you think that they they had been doing a lot more than everyone else during the lockdown and now it's kind of, people are catching, the rest of them are catching up?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. By all accounts, they've came back fitter. They've came back fitter and broken a lot of records in that department uh, over the lockdown. So they've all, guys obviously all had work on to do over the lockdown and they've done that and they came back in great nick and they probably skipped the ahead of the, the, the club players for the first round and possibly some of the second round as well. They were a bit ahead of them and the club players were probably only have to play in challenge games and I think they probably come very fast. But I think it kind of caught up on them then. A lot, 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 lot of teams then, a lot of players caught up on the county players. I think uh, after that first game, I think everyone needed that first game, definitely that first game just to see where, where the level was at. And another thing is, with any club team, they're going to have one or two good county players, and if you want to stop that team from hurling, you man-mark their county players. Yeah, is that that's normally what you try and do, or you try and snuff them out? So there's probably a lot of emphasis being placed on those players now, and it's hard to hurl like if you've got a man man-mark in the end all he cares about is is stopping you from hurling, like it's, it could be quite
0: difficult.
1: A little be coming up against Gorey in the semi-final. Uh, Gorey beat Ferns in it was probably not as easy on the eye as some of the other games a lot more of a tactical battle I think
2: absolutely yeah um, yeah sure listen you had Willie Cleary on the on the show before and you know Willie's way of thinking like he's open to tactics but he's probably more so Gory were probably reacting to the way Ferns were set up if anything and like a lot of teams are trying to set up in a certain way whereby other teams have to play them on their terms and yeah, Ferns were, were were set up with probably that spare man at the back, and, and then Gory obviously then have a spare man at the back, and then it was, you know, it wasn't going to be a job. it wasn't going to be a day for an inside forward. It was going to be about who's going to win the, the dirty ball around the middle and run off the shoulder and maybe win freeze or, or score score point from out long range. But that's not easy on the eye, albeit it's very. It takes a lot of skill to play in a game like that you're stuck in the middle of pitch. There's bodies everywhere and you try to get your head up and pick out a pass. There's a lot of skill there and you have to be conditioned to play that way. But yeah, Gorey probably um, had a bit more class really, didn't he, at the end of the day?
1: Yeah, I think that it looked to me that Ferns probably had the better the first half, I thought, when Owen Malloy went off for Gory, Ferns got on top and got, got their few scores Ian Byrne came close with a goal as well but they were playing Gorey were kind of playing into their hands where they were hitting the long balls down towards Mac maybe and he was being double marked and Ferns were coming out with it they were working the ball up into a scoring position and they were getting their scores then in the second half I thought they went away from that and Gorey did the exact same thing back to him they, they played deep got the ball into scoring positions and took their scores and then to see it out Ferns then probably went for for the goal too quickly and they were hitting long balls in and it wasn't working and you even had Connor Mack in full back for the last last couple of minutes
2: there's probably that bit of pressure on Ferns like you know they were hotly tipped this year and and had all the ability in the world and sure they had done a number on Gory last year didn't they Um, and Gory were probably caught out practically last year whereby they played into Ferns' hands and Ferns had a sweeper back in front of Connor Mack and or he probably didn't make the best use of the ball with their, with their man at the back. Um, I think Willie Cleary actually got an interview after the game. He said he learned a lot from that. Um, and Conor McDonald is going to be man-marked and double-marked any day he goes out. But uh, I'd say they probably worked on that a lot during the week. Probably worked on it a lot and spoke about it a lot and probably done a lot of analysis on it and different things. And The like, teams in Wexford are getting so good now at, at, at you know having a plan so, I'd say the pressure probably came off Ferns a little bit, and that was even since the first game against Bill Harriers, where they were expected. to win. They're doing well now, the second game, all right, but um, probably a lot of their supporters probably on their back as well, um, and expecting more and expecting better. And Gorey just had a bit more composure in the end.
0: You definitely see Conor Mack had a license. Like, he wasn't just, when you say, double marked, he's licensed to go where he wants. You could see him in the first half popping up on the sidelines scoring a point you know, so you can nearly drag two men two men to one side of the field you can open up spaces in other places
2: yeah well like with Conor Mac, you know everyone everyone under dog knows that Conor Mac is going to be around the edge of the square and it's very dangerous in there so a lot of teams are almost setting up their team to play against that so obviously if you can bring him out to the wing or bring him out to centre forward where he's very capable for even even five minutes even ten minutes it just changes up the thing. and before you know it maybe Called Dunbar or somebody is after getting in for a goal. You know, it changes the thinking a little bit it's um it varies the game. And obviously he'd be a fantastic pokeout option. but um, his ability to win dirty ball and inko play, he can play that playmaker role very well. For years we probably got for a couple of years we got caught with Connor at full forward with Wexford and uh, it was kind of Route One and teams Learned how to defend against it, and then you have to think just what do we do now? So, you have to have different ways of playing all the time and varying your game. And I'd say, I'd say, Gorey, you know, Gorey will definitely um, move Connor about maybe the next day. But, uh, Who would you yeah. say are picking him up? Nicholas Cullen or? Oh, he, um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I thought that Owlett might have man marked some of the, might have, might have maybe brought out. Sean Murphy on, on DO key for someone last uh, last weekend, but uh you no, know, they stuck to the guns and, and they set up the way they wanted to set it up and they gave probably one or two of the lesser known guys um a job to Manmark and focus on that and it probably freed up Sean and all and more, probably to do a job in the backs. Um like there's loads of guys there, but uh so those guys I could pick them well, Connor Goff could do a very good job, and then um, On Moore could do a very good job. But like, you're always going to have to have that support around you if you're taking on Connor one on one. He beats you, he can beat you in the air, like he'd be anyone in the air. So it's all about having that support there, close to you. So I'd say you're going to have that extra body always getting back. Whether it's an out and out sweeper, I doubt it, but there'll probably be someone always coming back, always coming back to help. It's about limiting the ball coming in, though and I would have been very good at this, have been putting the pressure on the players in the middle of the field. So that if the ball's not going in the corner, he can be isolated. And before you know it, like, if he hasn't got the ball in 20 minutes, he's not doing a whole lot of damage, is he?
1: Well, just from looking at the the games of the weekend, another interesting battle could be Garrett Sinnott in the cor- in corner forward. I He's not suspended anyway, is he? Two yellows, no suspension, two,
2: two, two yellows, I think, yeah. Two yellows.
1: Yeah, so he'll be in the corner, and he was a big target for Owlert until he went off with high balls going in and Gory's two cornerbacks while very capable hurlers now I know Owen Conroy claims to be six foot but himself and Pedro Travers they, they wouldn't be they wouldn't be that big compared to Gart's in it. would you see that being another target or would you think Gorey might move stuff around?
2: I say Gory would move something around because he caused an untold amount of damage there at the last day um, I think um his influence on the game was absolutely huge. His influence on the game against Clubon was massive, and um and corner forward probably have an Ogie there to um take the full back probably and allows Gart to maybe take on a corner back that's probably not the same physical shape as, as Garret might be, like same height, same, same strength. And that worked like the last day against the Anns whereby he I think he was on Kenny Cloney, but like the two cornerbacks ended up going off, and I'll guarantee probably hit one of them. <laughs> All right, so yeah, I probably hit two of them. I reckon probably <laughs> hit two of them. But uh, yeah, that Darragh in goal now has a massive poke out. You know, I would look to probably get the cues at times of being direct, but it's working. It's working a lot. If if you put big men inside, it's working a lot, and we're getting goals off the back of it. So why not? But probably look at Gorey if Owen Malloy is back I'm not sure how serious his injury is if Owen Malloy's is back I'd say you'll probably see him going into the
1: corner that's what I was thinking as well but I think Owen Malloy is gone I think it's a serious enough injury
2: if not then you're probably looking at someone like Jack Cullen maybe going back I know he offers a lot going forward but I'd say they'll probably go with height at the back I think that would yeah. be crazy from
0: Gorey to be honest
2: Brendan Travers has taken, get, taken up guard a lot over the years um, I think guard um has done quite well on him now but uh, they won't move him from full back I presume because he's offering an awful lot of
0: leadership from there. You probably yep. see Jack Cullen. You probably see Jack Cullen pushing back. Oh, I think he was phenomenal there on Saturday. I think he might have got he got two, three points from play from wing back and the amount of ball he caught, I can't see them moving him from, from the half back line. So you have probably, to look you, you have to look I suppose
2: at who's more influential. And if Gareth's more influential for and it's more important to stop stop him. They might have to do, mm. just do that. You'd often see that. Like you might have to just do that. But listen, who knows? Who knows? They could do. They could just go with it, They could just go to the sweeper at the back, and, and um a man will just be told to bring the ball down. Now it's Gareth's one of the best men in the country to catch a catch a ball.
1: Yeah,
2: he's played a lot of games, so a lot of big games. So like he's marked all types of guys. So um, won't be any bother to him at all.
1: I suppose from Gory's point of view lads will know how capable they are of stopping a lad in the air because I'd have been Mark and Conor Mack in training as well and I'm sure I'm sure Conroy and Pedro Travers they wouldn't shy away from the challenge either
2: No, very tough competitive fellas now very tough and um, like they're not DOS either they've won a county title so they did, uh, only a couple of years ago so they know how to do it it's a matter of just getting those guys to click again Gorey are a very good team very good team, a lot of very good players. If they click. It's going to be very hard to stop them. Like um, yeah. very young team, a lot of guys. Um, a lot of guys uh, playing with Wexford. Yeah, coached very well. I'd say they're probably coming. They, pro- took a, they probably took a while to get to get going. Had a shock last year in the championship. But um, if they click, they can do a serious amount of damage. And I know bar has probably been quite but... The other end of the field, we have to try to figure out someone to mark Connor McDonald and 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 on Dunbar. So, have we got someone to mark him? I'm not sure. Maybe we do. Um, it would be interesting, though. If Jason would be saying, "No, Euler, Euler did get Owler did, did 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 beat him last year in a in a tough game at Belfield Owler um, probably that was probably their best game last year. So it'll be very tight.
1: Special mention to Owen Conroy, who soloed the length of the field. And struck the ball off the hurl from the sideline, and it trickled into the goalkeeper's arms. And then Brendan Travers did it five minutes later and stuck it over the bar. I
2: think. I think. Uh, I think. Nottingham beats. Uh, I think. Nottingham beats Willie Devrick's uh acts and some young fella in their head door with it with a free. And, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I and I and I and I'm and I'm pals with Willie, but uh, I don't think that was his best moment. Now. It was, a, it was a pure accident, but... Uh, yeah. By I, God, I, I wouldn't say it was an intent there. It was a, it was a fair wallop, though. No, I don't think Willie is probably it's probably not that skillful with with, with accurate, <laughs> or, or accurate, but um,
0: just that had to be a painful one right in the back of the head. How much of a difference do you think him going off caused in that game over there? Glenavon, anyway, yeah. Yeah, that was
1: late enough now. That was in the last two minutes, I think.
2: That was late. Yeah, that was late. I think the game was probably won by that stage. Glyn done a number on it, didn't they? They did, yeah. They
1: were, they were very good. Like, I looked at the, I only saw the highlights of the Glynrath-New York game and I was looking at Rowan White thinking, this lad looks good. And I was looking out for him then against the Martins and it was Connor Mahoney who steps up who had an unbelievable game.
2: Yeah, Connor's a serious player. Um, he's he's in with us at the. On, he's on the under twenty training panel at the moment. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot of him now. To be honest, I only saw him in a few trial games and um, a very very fit player. Big, tall, athletic um, individual um, can be a serious player. Very direct going forward. Has prop, scored five from play. Was it five from the hand?
1: Running, for,
2: running forward. Running um, forward couple off the right, couple off the left, but running, running forward at speed, very fast. I think uh, he's only 19, but uh, very, very fast. Um, he was marking, probably, he was marking a younger guy, I think he, it could have been David Codd from the Martins that was picking him up, so he wasn't probably up against an experienced campaigner, so probably got that, a um, little bit of freedom around the middle of the field. They did, I think, in the Barrington only played with five forwards today, and, um, I think he could have been the one that came out the field around the middle, probably added that extra body around the middle, and if he gets the ball, there's, there's no stopping him, but it's great to see talent like that perform well. Overall, a lot of a lot of young guys, there's a lot expected of the, especially the minors from last year. There's been glimpses, but um, it's a big step up, and the intensity has been massive, and they've probably never played in games that are so intense, so it's a big learning curve. It's good to see him doing well. As well,
0: level to score. was one he got near the corner flag, I think, and he stuck it over. I think, did he score two or three against Ratneur the on the previous weekend?
1: I was I was more impressed with Rowan White against Rattinour. He 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 definitely got two or three, but uh, maybe Connor did as well.
2: Oh, Rowan White has tons of ability. Rowan White played against us in 2014. I think he was only 17 years of age when they, when Glenn, when Glenn knocked us out. In the last minute ball into the night, uh in twenty 2000, yeah, fourteen, last in the quarter final stage of Belfield. Pace. We were going I think we were going for we were probably going for six round, they knocked us out with it. and he was very good that night. And I was waiting for him maybe to step up. But yeah, plenty of pace, loads of hurling. Um Sarah say a lovely risky hurler, but um he seems to be after adding a bit more a bit more toughness and a bit more aggressions. Uh, probably
0: well,
2: he's still young He'd be only 22 would he? 21 maybe he'd be, a nice, he'd be a nice addition though Be a nice addition to the Westwood setup He'd be well conditioned to play that kind of a game I think If he wants to
1: More importantly
2: Dave, if Davey Dave, wants him
1: <laughs> Glen have a very balanced team I think the, um, In defence you had the full back line did very well against a strong Martins full forward line but then the half back line, you had David Clark, man, Mark, and Rory O'Connor, and he kept him very, very quiet. And Michael O'Regan at centre back was fairly solid too. And you had Brendan Doyle, who was down for midfield, but he was kind of he was more dropping deeper than, than Lacey in midfield. He was more dropping maybe back in front of the full back line and he got a lot of got on a lot of the ball and had very good deliveries up.
2: I think as, as I said there earlier, uh, Glyn were set. Glyn were set with uh, five forwards. So Conor Mann, he dropped out to the middle. Brendan, Brendan Brendan Doyle dropped back, played as a sweeper or an extra defender. Everyone else pushed up and man marked. That's I'd say that's simply that that's how it was. And John John he played around the middle of the field. And yeah, like, he's, a serious, he's a serious player when he's um, now when he's he's very fit now as well. So he's done a lot of work during lockdown, but. Yeah, if you saw, I saw Michael O'Regan follow Jack O'Connor wherever he went. So that worked. He, they matched physicality with physicality. Davy Clark is a tough, tough, um, strong man marker. He followed Rory wherever he went, and that's that's how they done it. They just followed the man everywhere, and they had that. They always had that man at the back. And I know Brendan Doyle stopped. That was in Jack o was running on goal, and Brendan Doyle was um, was there in the right place where he should be as a free man and he stopped the goal he, he, he stood him up and he flicked the ball away so tactically Lane were really well set up Jason Ryan is coaching them Ronald Shane Carley and uh, a few other lads and um, they're more than like getting coached really well they have an exact plan going out and um, I'd say they carried the ball out very well from the back line as well but for Mark Fanning in goal is, it's like having an outfield player it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's um, he's he spraying short for coats out and they were working the ball out very well. A lot better than the Martins. The Martins weren't as weren't good at bringing the ball out.
0: Just a quick mention to uh, Mark Fanning's penalty goal against Ratneur, or his run, his run back to his own goal. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where he started a big brawl. <laughs> I, I don't think it was his fault though. The Ratner lad <laughs> tried
1: to stop him on his way back. And was the two in minute.
2: It's hard if you're if you standing in the middle of the field and there's a goalie coming back like that it's hard not to stick a shoulder in to to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You need to be held back but uh, yeah I can imagine Mark was pumped up ready for ready rock and
0: yeah no better man. <laughs> the real level of score though Glenn Barrington. like we've seen we just talked about Roman White and Omani but John Lacey got a good few points from play as well from long distance and Guy Moore, he he's still not half bad either. Yeah, you're right. Loads of talent. They've always had talent,
2: though. Barn they've always had talent. But um for some reason a lot of a lot of them just 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 didn't push on to where they probably should have at times. Um um like that was a massive win for them. Now they need to push on, they need to you know, they need to go ahead and win the next game, simple as that, and not just win it. Dominate if they can. Um John Lacey scored a fantastic point out on the sideline, took the ball down and, and and struck it over on his right hand side from under the stand like not not every player is able to do that. So he's serious talent. And then at the very end and he gets a flick in on Luke Cowan at the very end, stop a goal. So
0: running both ends of the field. The shells didn't look too bad either now against on that TG four game against the Harriers, a lot of long, long distance scores as well. Yeah, I, I, I look at that. Yeah, very impressive, weren't they?
2: Very impressive. Um, very well conditioned. Very good at bringing the ball out from the back. Very good at carrying the ball forward and giving it to a man in position, and then going for the score from out the field. I'm listening to an interview from Martin Byrne, the train Tuesday night. They worked under a plan Wednesday night and they worked again under their plan Friday night. So, like, that's that's amazing, like, to see the player, teams are putting in that that amount of detail now. Like, before, it was just go out and hurl. Now, all these teams are being well coached and well set up. And, yeah, I'm always very impressed with them. And John Keane Carroll, he put in a serious performance. And he got three for play. Uh, Connor Hearn was very good. But... You're, it's your usual guys, the guys that won that were probably the mainstays of the team back in 2014 when they won the county final. Simon Donahue, you know, he brings a touch of classes, plays a sweeper, I think. Doyle, got man to match. Just done everything simple and done everything really well. Brian Malone, very good. Um, so it was knocky shock everything, he was started in the full forward lane, he came out, got on a lot of ball, won a lot of dirty ball and just threw him out to the guys in, in a better position and did tap it over. Like So, big shocking carried got three points, yeah. uh, James Cash got three, Jordy Donahue got two. So, all that was coming from out the field, but
0: that's because they had a plan. Yeah. So both those teams, the Shells and again, Barrington, reached the semis with no goals. You expect a goal first, no goals again in, in this game. Yeah, the, only, the only thing I'd say, that,
2: the only thing I'd be critical about with the shows is that they probably don't have that goal. A few um, very skillful forwards like Ross Bandle and Joe Kelly, they can definitely score. We, we, we've we Ross in with the 20s at the moment as well and Ross can score from anywhere but he'd even say himself he needs to take on some goals. He needs to really be a bit more direct. Um, but yeah, probably probably missing that probably missing that guy up that, kind of pivot there on the end of, on the edge of the square that guy that can just if they're stuck that if that if the long distance scoring isn't working that they have someone that can win their own ball maybe and just and and uh, score a goal but I'd say the goals that you'll probably want to see from the shelves are probably going to be running off the shoulder maybe at speed guys coming from guys coming from deep cleaner probably a little bit more rounded in that department
0: probably at the a bit same more
1: Lin Lyndon only got two goals in the group stage and Shell's got four. You wouldn't expect a goal fest in this now.
0: Very hard no. score goals against the the way the Harrier's set up. So I can, and the way Martin Byrne was talking is in they said today's a day where we score long distance as well. So maybe it was just kind of that game. Back in back in back when we played uh, back Wexford played at Galway and Leinster final back
2: in back a, a couple of years ago. All we knew that they weren't going to get goals against us because we had a sweeper, and they must have scored 30 points from out the field. You know, freezing and long-range points, and so they worked on that, and they knew that was how they were going to win. And fairness, that was the shells plan. They knew that that's how they were going to win the match. So there was probably no point in even trying to work a ball in when there was a free man back, and they didn't probably have that Connor Mack on the edge of the square. They could win a ball over two men. So they done what they had to do possibly have another plan the next day but overall the game is going to be it's going to be unbelievably physical I reckon like the shells weren't holding back and they were really really intense in the tackle the only thing he'd say against for the Harriers was like they are a very young team and at times there was guys like Richie Lawler that was caught over a ball against three Shells men same with Josh Field, who who's only 18 he was caught So it'll be different this time around with Mick Regan and John Lacey and Brendan Doyle and Michael Doyle. Like they're big, Barterown are big. They're big, strong, digital team, team. big team, and very intimidating too when they're going flat out when they're when they're buzzing. But sure, like two unbelievable semi-finals to be uh, looking forward to.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's, It's one of the most exciting championships so far. And it's only continuing. Like you're you're counting yeah, down the days to the semi-finals.
2: Yeah, counting down the days. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's you'd have hurling coming out of your ears at the moment. Um, but uh, isn't it great that Wexford G, Wexford hurling and Wexford club hurling is getting the exposure now? Um, and hopefully the whole team gets run off now in a couple of weeks. And we have county champions with with everything else that's going on in other counties. We can say that we've done it all right. And we've done it on time and um, hopefully now uh, touch, touch wood. But uh, even the games on TG Carter, like everyone's looking at those, and like the county final is scheduled to be on TG Catter as well. I
0: think so. so
2: right? Like you've got you've got players now with big names as well. So what would your predictions then be?
1: With with Gory and Aulert? <laughs> when are you going for there?
2: Well I'm going up to the I'm actually going up to the pitch now in about half an hour, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like I, 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 was saying it. I was, I was saying it to uh, someone the other day, before uh, one of the games. I was, I was really happy with how Eulert had played against on and that they kind of have that. Identity. They have changed the identity a little bit now, and they're probably not that silky skilled, kind of play the ball around, tap the ball over the bar, kind of a team anymore. It's full built, direct, intense, tough um honest and uh, they have nothing to lose out the other players have nothing to lose because there was nothing expected of them this year. So um if they can keep it going, if they can keep that intensity up, and I was surprised how much they kept it up and even with a man down against the Anns, they kept it going, they kept it going. And like they won't fear a Gory That's one thing for sure. But uh, listen, Gory are not a bad team. They won a county final two years ago. That it'll be a little blip last year, the full-up quality, but I'm still going for Owler. Yeah. Still going for Owler. Still, still, still. Dr. Sean a lot of metal. Whether they can keep it going, that's, but that's what's important. Whether they can keep it going. And, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. And, like, listen, they've done, they've done. Owler, Owler, Owler have done more than what was expected. This year. so, so we was in bonus territory. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna go for Gory. I think just probably have a little bit more quality and. Probably Willie Cleary's tactical, tactical brain—the way he was able to make changes in the farmers' game—I think. Having said that, Nicky Carwin could come on and score two goals again. But... Probably the
2: highest scoring club, uh, highest scoring forward in club hurling in the last fifteen years, is he?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm very torn on this one. The odds have Gory four to seven and Owler seven to four, and if I was betting, I'd bet on Owler just because of the price. But that'd be—I think it's a very, very close game. The other one, Shells and Glen, Davy, prediction.
2: Be, easy uh, one. I, 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 it's not that easy now. It's not that easy. Um, <laughs> I'm only, I'm, 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 probably only living about half a mile from, um, from, <laughs> from some of them here. So, uh, yeah. So I know them quite well. So it's not that easy. That could very well be. That could very well go into extra time. That game could. I think that could very well go into extra time? It could be a nervous type of a game, you know by two teams that are definitely good enough to win the whole thing out, but whether they want to grab the thing or not, it's up to them, but it could go to extra time. Um, Wouldn't it be a classic if it ended up going to penalties? (laughs) But uh, who would I go for? Probably look at going for uh, Glimbarto, maybe by a point, just because it just, that Jason Jason Ryan is having a massive influence on them, I presume. um, But then again, like, I, w- I was surprised when I heard that they had never won one. Is that right? So, like,
1: I'm gonna say it uh, is,
2: yeah. Um, I only I only heard this. I only, I only heard this. I didn't check, but um, this could be the year. This could be the year big time. But um, Martin Burns doing a good job with the shells, and jeez, I don't know that's very tight. I'll probably go to Climbarnham by a point.
1: Yeah, there are probably two teams that are benefiting from. The fact that it's not one week harlan, one week football one week Harlan, one week football like it doesn't make any difference to a team like Euler and not much difference to Gory, but Glynn going be very dual clubs that they'd be they'd be liking this just run off the Harlan and then run off the football
2: yeah, it's probably the way forward though isn't it probably the way forward because Could be, yeah. focus and...
0: Ben prediction on that one I think I'm going to go for clean as well' for some for some reason. I reckon that they're kind of putting it all together. And these Rowan White and just their forwards, I think, are, seem to be a little more dangerous. And I think the Shells probably, even though they do have some skillful forwards, probably not the same quality as Glenn Barrington. And that's why I'm going to go for them.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to make it a three for Glyn then as well. I was most impressed with them over the weekend. I, I actually think that the winner... Of the county title could come from, will come from this game, but I might change my mind after the weekend. We'll see. But at the moment, Lin looked most impressive for me, and I'd be tipping them in this one. Just so hope we'll, we get some good refereeing over the weekend now as well, because there was some contentious decisions over the weekend,
2: over last weekend. Yeah, the the uh, the Owler-Dans game. I think there might be a special mention there. Um, couple, there was a couple of funny. I don't mind maybe. Well, actually, in, in, in one case, you could not say the card's in its second yellow card or even the first yellow card maybe was a bit much. I know the gets special treatment from a lot of referees because he's such an aggressive player <laughs> and um, he gets a special treatment. But uh, probably the craziest was probably the one Iron uh, uh, Craig got a free for, for the hands and yeah. blew, blew the ref, blew the whistle. Iron got, there was a bit of a mix up there and the ref gave a free in. Iron was picking the ball up
1: as the ref blew the whistle for him to take the free, but sure, he just heard the whistle and he stopped, caught the ball, put it back down to take it again, and the referee said, "No, no, you fouled the ball and gave the free into O'Leary." It was a crazy, like on twenty-five yards out in front of the posts, crazy decision. I don't know what the actual ruling is there, there, but the rule, I don't I think the, that was it.
2: I thought the rule, I thought the rule was a throw, was a throw-in. Um, it's parrot now, but I know there was there was a lot of give- there was a lot of people giving out, a lot of Vans people giving out about it. Um, there's um, also a goal
1: I think didn't Fogarty score a goal and the ref brought it back for a free in a crucial time now the whistle probably did go but there could have been an advantage
2: um, the whistle yeah the, the whistle the whistle did go but um, he wasn't I don't think he was on for playing any advantage um, no I was happy enough but um, yeah. <laughs> I think it was possibly I don't know who I don't know if it was Johnny Fogarty it was possibly Dylan um, O'Brien I think and um, yeah, that would have put them back into a big time. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of freeze now. A very
1: stop start game as well. Billy Fitz was um the call commentator, and he was he wasn't too impressed. He <laughs> he kept his mouth shut now, but you could tell he wasn't too impressed with the stop start nature of it.
2: But um one thing I'd say there is that I'm, I I talked about it during the game. It worked to our to benefit in one regard. Because it was so stop start, the way St. Anne's play, they're always, um, you know, they're a cohesive unit. They're The way they build the ball together, they work the ball up the field, you know, it's, um, they never got that opportunity because they kept breaking down. It kept breaking down free here, free there. And, you know, it, they just never got the opportunity. And before they knew it, then it was, it was too late. Overall, over the years, Wexford refereeing has probably been a little bit nitpicky in comparison. I know it. We we used to play a lot of challenge games up in Kilkenny and you'd be looking to get you'd be looking to get one free. You know? Yeah. But it did make it did hard me up. But it did it did make you a bit tougher. And, and guys are going guys are gone very very good. And um, guys are very good now, at winning their own frees as well. <laughs> um, I was at the I, I was at the Askamore game, and I saw one or two of your club, and Gary, who <laughs> were very good at winning their own free.
1: I heard you comment on that, and I was very shocked by it.
2: <laughs> it's, an art for, it's, it's, an, it's an art it's an art it's an art I was never any good at I don't know if you guys are any good at it, but some lads are classed at, at making the most of it making a meal of it
1: yeah I, I just hope we're really, really two great games I just hope neither of them are decided on refereeing decisions
2: yeah you want you want, you want to win a Really don't listen yeah. you won't, you're, you're probably going to have people giving out afterwards anyway about the referee just what supporters do is just what they want to do but um, the way the hurling Championship is gone it's good quality like it's, it's very good quality and um, great to see it great It's that's all, that's all going to bode well for Wexford hurling in general
1: well uh, thanks a million Debbie for joining us for this review of the quarterfinals and preview of the semifinals um, I will I will you know Apologise to Owen Conroy For jeering him about Missing that point He did get a point later on In the game So I'll give him that And also Wish uh, on Malloy the best With his injury hopefully, hopefully it's not too serious
0: Thanks very much David
2: No matter Thank you very much
0: Unfortunately Shane Tompkins Couldn't make it As he's currently Having a dispute Over the price Of a cup of coffee He bought In Kerry last week So Hope that gets sorted soon We'll be back next week with a preview of the final. In the meantime, enjoy the games. Thanks for listening.
2: Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with
0: us through ticket tape. take. right, Wexford!